Comedy LOL Podcast Network. Kiz? Yeah, she's just so friggin' cute. Yeah, she's the best. Alright, I guess we're good. Alright, everybody. <clears throat> Let me get my voice right here. Hey, everybody, welcome giz. back. Oh, you got the, you got the giz? Alright, our co-host is ready. Yeah. <laughs> good, because I'm ready, too. Alright, everybody. We're opening today's show. Show, show, show. Can't even talk. It's been so long. We're opening today's show with a quote from the Tao Te Ching. This is verse 50 of the Tao Te Ching. The master gives himself up to whatever the moment brings. He knows that he's going to die and he has nothing left to hold on to. No illusions in his mind. No resistance in his body. He doesn't think about his actions. They flow from the core of his being. He holds nothing back from life. Therefore, he is ready for death. As a man is ready for sleep after a good day's work. What's up, Ashley? I know, it's been a minute. Yeah. Or two. No. Um, do you know what I love about this quote? Which, side note, when I listen back to the episodes, I feel like I always start off with, I love this. <laughs> but I always try to find, I'm trying to, you know, maintain positivity here. Um, and what I what I do love about this is that it starts off by calling out the person and they're saying that they're a master, which I think oftentimes people think of like dominance of something. But it almost seems like he has this dominance because he's submissive. Yeah, I, I could see that. And there's another aspect of the word master that really gets lost because in our our modern day civilization, when people say master, they either think of like something sexual or like a slave or something. But you also have to remember there's a master and there's a, an apprentice. Um, so a master is somebody who is willing to teach another person. And it's a big risk when you do that because say if you have a craft that you're doing, whatever it is, if you're teaching someone how to do it and you're really good at it, if they get good, they can become your competition. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, to me, this also is talking about like a master of life, especially in the Tao Te Ching when they're talking about a master. They're saying somebody that has mastered life. So they're trying to point you to the way. So they're just telling it's like an example, really. And they're saying, hey, this is how the master lives. You know, he just he lives in the moment because he knows he's going to die and he's not worried about it. And it reminds me of somebody who is living like a normal life and then they have some kind of near-death experience. You know, maybe they get cancer, maybe they something happens, they go to coma, and then when they come out and they heal, their life changed because their perspective on life is totally different. They have like a whole different aperture now, a whole shift. Um, and then they, you know, they're like, what the hell is I doing with my life? I got to get more in the moment and do what I want to do and live my dreams, so. And I think there's that that knowledge of the fragility of life, but also like the lack of control you really have in life yeah i think control is an illusion really right you you can't you can potentially prolong the inevitable but at the end of the day we're all gonna die at the end of the day we all put our pants on two legs at a time yeah i think and i think if you look at it that way you have less you can have less fear because if you're not afraid to die if you realize it's just a normal cycle and you kind of look at it like we're already dead that's how some people look at it listen we're already dead right and we're just kind of making um 
what's best of what we have with the time we have left, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and and people will be like, oh, that's, you're going to, you know, because some people look at that materialistically. So if you're like a real material, if you're a really materialistic person, you can look at that and say, well, then I just got to go party and I got to just, you know, um, basically just all the sense pleasures that I have just um, satisfy those. And so mm-hmm. some people do that too. But I think if you can get to be really be in the moment and also look at what this quote really means because, um, you know, there's no illusions in his mind, no resistances in his body. So if you're somebody that isn't holding on too tight and you're not lying to yourself and there's nothing resisting, I think that it's going to be much different because then you won't try to fool yourself and you won't try to uh, engage in escapism and all this, you know, you're going to see the real, real meaning of life. And, and it's really what it is. It's like, we're all the same. We're all one. We're all the same um, consciousness. We just have different apertures. Like I was saying before, we just view the world differently because of our experiences and everything we went through and, you know, our shapes and our sizes and all that stuff in our personalities. But at the end of the day, we all still have that spark of life within us, that electricity. So we're all the same thing on the same level. We're all carbon, you know, we're all light. So, uh, yeah. Can I just I say, I, I love your vocabulary. It's like, <laughs> it's so expansive and it makes me feel like I need to rise to the occasion and like, and, and sound smarter. No, that's, I think that you, well, because you do all this stuff with classes and teaching and, you know, you went to fancy college and stuff. So you <laughs> you have a really good vocabulary. So it makes me want to bring it out more. And just the stuff I've been looking into and studying lately and reading and all this, you know, it's tough to, I think you have to start to have a, a, a really large vocabulary to describe what you're talking about, especially when it comes to spiritual things, because there's so many misconceptions and so many um uh, just different ways to look at it. But, um, yeah, no, I don't know. Uh, I was going to say something, but I totally forgot. But anyway, it'll come back to me. So anyway, how you been? What's going on in, on the other side of the, uh, the country? Craziness? Craziness. There's, I see, you know, I see you got a nice brand new big TV from the looting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's keep that on the DL. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. We haven't even talked since then. Wow. Um, so, I mean, like on the podcast, it's been, it's been a, it's been an adventure out here. Um, lots of things happening, things opening and now subsequently closing. I'm still teaching. Um, I'm teaching camp right now, but also, you know, teaching my swimming on the side and kind of trying to in, go out and um, enjoy the summer in Southern California as, as best I can. And that's pretty much it. Um, yeah. Well, the, the, the terrain in the environment and nature is still probably lovely. It's just the people are losing their minds. <laughs> right. Well, and I, you know, I, you know, I always want to take our other co-host here, the, the little gizmo everywhere, but as it heats up, she has a tendency to overheat very easily. Because, you know, she doesn't have, like, a, a snout, like a traditional dog snout, because she's got a flat face. And so I had to make sure that I'm bringing tons of extra water. And if it's anything over, like, 80 degrees, she just can't handle it. Oh, I did give her a haircut. A couple weeks ago, I also um was taking care of a pigeon <laughs> for a while. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I found it. Um, Some asshole down the street from where I live, they were, like, replacing the um the roof at this like little like strip mall or whatever and displaced all of these pigeons 
and then somebody moved them from where they were and some of the pigeons had eggs and some of them were like babies they weren't ready to like fly yet so I went got a box picked up the eggs and the pigeons that couldn't fly (laughs) and I know everyone thinks I'm probably a crazy person I took them back to my apartment (laughs) and made sweet love to them (laughs) I took care of the eggs are still here. Everyone's like, you should get rid of them. And I'm like, excuse me, the incubation period has not yet has not yet passed, in which case I don't know when these eggs were laid. So I just want to give them a shot. But the other pigeons, I did feed them. They were old enough to um, eat like, you know, kind of like people quote food. They weren't like looking for like milk or anything like that. And then um, so now they're gone. I just woke up one morning and nothing's on my patio, but I still have the eggs. Um, Gizzy was devastated when they left. Oh, really? She loved sitting out, uh, or just looking out the window and watching them and barking at them. Oh, she's like, I got something to bark at. Yeah, but I mean, that's <laughs> pretty much what I've been doing. Uh, what have you been up to? Uh, whew, well, let's see. This past week, it was, it was my birthday, so, um... About a, what's today? Then yeah, a week ago today actually was my birthday. So I went paddleboarding a bunch of times. I hung out with some friends. I was working at UPS because I can't DJ still. Because so mm-hmm. here they were supposed to. They have all these steps on when they're going to open up. You know all these places. And I made this prediction months ago where I said that you know they're just gonna they're gonna ratchet it back like crazy, lock everyone down, and then they'll slowly give us our freedom. But at some point they're not going to go all the way. They're going to stop it. And that point was last week, or no, this week, they made that announcement here anyway in Connecticut. Lamont was like, we're not going to go on with, you know, phase, whatever, phase, you know, here's some more of your freedom back. Um, mm-hmm. So now I'm still not going to be able to do weddings. I'm not sure until one, but I was working with UPS for a while, just delivering packages with, you know, helping with the driver just sitting along on the on the trucks. And that was a lot of fun. It was, like, actually cool. Like, I, I was working with one of my really good friends, and then he got a different gig with an UPS where he can get out earlier and he didn't really need a helper. So I was working with another guy in Milford and, uh, I don't know what happened. It just last week they stopped calling me. So hopefully comes back, but I've been doing that. And then I also been writing a book, um, a short book and it has a lot to do with what's going on now and like the occult symbolism of everything. And then some of the numbers and the craziness, I don't know if you know this, but they declared a pandemic on, March 11th, 2020, which is exactly 222 months after September 11th, 2001, (laughs) like to the day. (laughs) So um, it's just fun things like that that I'm noticing, but more like along the lines with masks and actually Mm -hmm. the also the relationship with 9-11, because 9-11 was more like a, a masculine thing where everybody got mad and they wanted to go to war. And this is more of a feminine thing where everyone's like, oh, we have to help you whether you want it or not. We're here to help you. So it's like. So it's just that, you know, I, I and I feel like it's one of these things where it's been tormenting me. Like I have to get it out of my system because it's like talking to people about it helps a little bit. But it's one of these things where I just have to get it out in a form and I go, here's my thought. Boom, read it. Let me know what you think about it. But I think once it's done, I'm going to have a couple people read it and help me out a little mm-hmm. so I can even send it to you. Let me know what you think. I love that. I love that you're still motivated to do things um, and using the situation as like inspiration I've been using it as inspiration. Honestly, like I feel like I'm going in the exact opposite direction of a lot of people. I'm using this as an opportunity to get out and do things because no one's out. And yeah. a couple weeks ago was was my birthday and that was when things had just started opening up and I was like 
like, shit, I want to go out and do everything because I was like, they're going to close it again. I knew it. I knew that they would close it again. So I went out to a whole bunch of places and I'm just like, you know, if there's not going to be a long line and it can still go out and do all some of these things and they're still open, like, why the hell not? Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, it's kind of like, I used to go on vacation like the first week of school would come back, you know, like when I was out mm-hmm. of school, obviously. But you go on vacation that week and no one's around. So, yeah, it's you might as well, man. You know, I, I this is my thing. Uh, a lot of people are talking about all the negative stuff that's happening from this and like how, you know, quote unquote, all the conspiratorial side and how the, all these plans are coming to be and stuff. And I'm like, the more I look at it, it's anything that's bad that's happening to people is mostly from choices that they are making, you know, like. Which is terrible because most of the people that I see that are dying, and no one's talking about this, are either suicides or drug overdoses, like mm-hmm. like a motherfucker. You know what I mean? And no one's talking about that. And it's stuff like that, despair. And that, that on some level is a choice, unfortunately. But, you know, the society we live in obviously doesn't – it helps you right along in that despair, you know. But um, also the other choices with, like, the corona and all this stuff and, and – um, uh, I don't know, like if there's going to be food shortages and all this stuff, it, it has to do with like depending on the system. Like if you're depending on the system, the, even the medical system, if you're depending on it too hard and every time you get sick, you run down there and you want them to help you out that this is, you know, <laughs> this is what's going to happen. Uh, you play silly games, you win silly prizes. Like if you have a, especially if you have a, um, I know we're not talking about tarot at all now, but if there's an industry that's like set up to profit from you being sick all the time, they're going to find you being sick. <laughs> right. But, uh, well, you know, and I think that, I think that that's something that to bring it back to like tarot in terms of perspective. And, you know, I always tell people like, there's no bad cards, right? There's just a way of looking at it and it's a perspective of looking at things. And, you know, I could go around being like, woe is me. I did this or I have this going on. Or it's like, but what is that going to get me? No one, no one cares. That's the reality. Like no one really cares about my, my troubles. You know who does? I do. But me wallowing in that, what is that going to get me? And I think that I've taken this perspective that I'm like, I want to be positive and try to experience as much as I can because why not? And, you know, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, exactly. It's like the proverb with the strawberry, you know, like you're being chased by a tiger. So you climb up a a cliff and then you look up top and there's a tiger up there, too. And you're like, shit, I'm screwed. There's a tiger under me and on top of me. And then you look right in front of you and there's a strawberry. It's like, fuck it. Enjoy the strawberry because mm-hmm. you never know what can happen. I mean, you literally never know what can happen. So and that's really comes back to our quote. It's like live in the moment, you know, that one we started with. Um, but yeah, I think it's great that we both got positive stuff out of this. I mean, I don't want you to think I'm just like some crazy master sensei over here there has been a lot of time of me just sitting here uh you know staring at the wall watching a lot of podcasts listening to funny things you know just doing a lot of nothing also um because i don't know sometimes you just got to get right in your brain you know that's Mm -hmm. how i feel it's like you got to get that there's so it's like there's so many frequencies out there i was telling this i just did a reading for somebody and i was saying how there's basically there's this saying we used to have in the car business and it was you know if we had a car that was there for a while that was on the lot and no one was buying it the managers would be like don't worry there's an ass for every seat <laughs> like there's somebody <laughs> will come along and find this you know 
And that's how I feel with there are narratives in the world. If you watch the news or even the Internet, even on YouTube, people are like, quote unquote, woke or like, you know, giving you the truth. If, if it's just doom and gloom and it's just to get your attention and they're not sitting there telling you how you could make yourself better. Like in this show, we talk about solutions and all this stuff, you know, and that's what it's really about. And if not, it's just the distraction. And that's what I mean. There's like a, a there's an ask for a receipt. There's like there's something that will get your attention and make you mad if you want. You know, you'll find something. There's somebody's being oppressed. You know, someone's getting beat up and they shouldn't be. There's a video of it and it's going to make you mad. Uh but what can you do is really what the question is. You got to do something, you know, because right. that's what's going to make you feel better. Acting out and dealing with the anger is, you know, it's healthy to deal with it. Let it out. But unless you can constructively build, you're just going to be in a cycle all day and get all pissed off. Right. And there's something about channeling your emotions and your energy into something that's more positive and not to talk about like go back to being like karma or whatever. But it's like but if you put positivity out there, I believe you get positivity back in some way shape or form you have to just look at everything as like a learning example or whatever um but if you just put if you see negativity out there and then you respond with negativity and then you're like why do these things keep happening to me it's like well let's look at this cycle that you're a part of here yeah that's great and i I think i could just round this all out and end this we can get onto the card by saying that um even if you look at that from the reverse which is you know, just because you put in positivity doesn't mean you're going to get it all the time. But look at it this way. If you put in negativity, do you think you're really going to get positivity? Like, what is the better chance if you just keep doing uh, the positive? And it, like I said, it's not to not you also have to deal with the negative. You have to deal with the shadow. You have to embrace it and be OK with it. But look to the positive, you know, mm-hmm. that perspective. And uh, yeah, that's what's going to get you out of that despair. And listening to this podcast because we make great jokes and this podcast is the best. So listen to it. <laughs> and now we're finally back. I feel like we've finally been able to find a time to make this work. Um, yeah, that's just, been crazy. I know. And, you know, the time difference hasn't been particularly helpful. And um, right after I'm done with camp, most of the time I go right into going to teach swim lessons. And then I do that on the weekends, too. Um you know, trying to make that extra, the money here in case I do lose my job again, which will happen. But um, happy we're back. Happy to get back at it. What we're doing today is we are looking at the four of wands. Um, we're going to just look at our rider weight and then the Thoth deck. And then we'll, we'll see how much time we have left. I have a sneaking suspicion we won't have much because we always do this like recap at the beginning and then we go off on tangents. And by we, I mean most of me. Um, all right, so we're going to start off the podcast like we normally do, where I do a description of the card um, and say what I think it looks like, and then we go into initial thoughts, then we go into the different aspects of it, and then we talk about how it applies to different types of readings. So let's jump in here. This is the Four of Wands in the Rider Weight deck. Um, talking about positivity, I feel like, you know, I'm just going through initial reactions now. Like, that's what I feel like when I look at this. Um when I look at this card, I see a yellow background and I see the four wands kind of prominent in the front of the card, two on the right side, two on the left side. They're kind of made to look like resembling kind of like a little bit of a reverse arch. So the taller ones are on the outside on the left and the right. And there's a shorter one next to it. And there's a garland connecting the four of them. And in between those four wands in the back, you see these two figures one, they're both wearing like a white, kind of like um, 
like tunic and they have this blue one of them has like a blue shawl over and the other one has a red one they both are crowned with some kind of flowers they're both holding up a bouquet of flowers you see some people in the bottom left hand side there looks like there's three people there and in the far background of the card you see almost like this castle it's like white with like red a red roof and then there's almost like a little bridge or arch over to the on the side on the right um, if you want to really see what this card looks like, check it out on our Instagram at Terrible2, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L, and the number two. Uh, Brandon will post what the card looks like so you can really see what it looks like. Okay, initial thoughts, what do you think? Uh, I think I have to agree with you on this positivity of this card, and it's great we were just talking about positivity. Mm-hmm. This card re- really reminds me of, like, a small victory. Um, when I first got into tarot, I remember I was reading or watching something about that, and it was talking about a four and how a four is like a foundation. And this four of wands is kind of represents a small, um, you know, like a victory, like a starting step. Like before we were talking, you know, for an example, we were uh, we were talking about doing this podcast. This would be the part of the podcast where maybe it was like our first episode or, you know, after you sent me the outline that was like the blueprint of how we're going to do everything. Uh-huh. So that's kind of like what it was there. You know, you have the foundation, same thing. And then they're kind of celebrating their first little victory. And also reminds me of like a grand opening sale, something like that, like a small little place, you know, they started a fruit stand and here it is. And we're doing so well. I totally agree. I feel like there's something so positive and um, celebratory about this. It looks like they're, they're kind of, almost like to the victor go the spoils type of thing. These two figures have like these, almost like it looks like laurel wreaths on their head and they're raising up these like bouquets. But I'm also not going to lie, like it also for me feels very romantic. The way that the the wands are positioned with the garland and there's the fruit on there and you have two figures and you have the red and and blue, which could be technically kind of construed as like positive or female and and male uh, energies perhaps. Um, it just seems really romantic and like a, um, some kind of celebration of this relationship. Yeah, for sure. Who am I turning into now? I don't even know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) okay. Let's look at the different parts of this card here. Hold on. I'm going to move and and Gizzy's going to get all readjusted. Um, she's like, what are you doing? Uh, okay. Let's start off with, well, I'm going to start off with the background because, it's that beautiful yellow color. What do you think? It kind of reminds me of a point in the day where it's like new, like morning, you know? I, I know mm-hmm. they say like the golden hour, but this really reminds me of first thing in the morning, first light kind of. Maybe not, okay. ex- well, maybe not exactly first light because that's more, this is more of like 9, a- I shouldn't say it, like, like 9, 10 a.m., like that part of the day. I guess that's a terrible, well, um, where it's just starting like the 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 morning is just starting to turn into afternoon kind of you know where you're getting that light and it's starting to get warm so yep. that's kind of what it reminds me of and you can also take it to look at like we you said a relationship or maybe a business or whatever this is that they're doing it's that part of the day you know like all the hard work was the early in the morning they got up before the sun and they got everything ready but now they opened it's like a tag sale we're open at nine you know do you know what's so funny? I'm sorry, just to digress for a second, is like, I feel like that's such a Connecticut thing to say, or like a New England thing, like a tag sale. When I said that out here, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, tag sale? I'm like, I don't know what else you'd call, call it. I guess a garage sale? I don't know. Out here, they, a lot of times they call them estate sales. Um, when I look at the yellowness <laughs> of this card background, see, I'm going to say, you know how you said like the golden hour, but I often call that like the magic hour. 
and it almost looks like the day is done. So you've kind of done all that work throughout the day. And now's your time to relax and kind of like revel in, in all the work that you've done and everything that you've been able to put forth for the day and just celebrate it. Um, and you don't have to worry about the day being before you and having to do all that kind of work. It's like, oh, I did it all. Now it's time to relax and unwind and have fun. Time to go to Vegas. Hell yeah. Um, and for me, you know, the yellowness of the card, yellow, we have, as we talked about, is my power color. And for me, it brings such positivity. And it's almost like then the light is shining on all of this and you don't see really any shadows or anything, um, even in the wands, like in the way that they're positioned. And it's almost like everything's lit up before you. You actually get to see everything before you. Yeah, uh, I didn't even notice that, that there are no shadows. I like that. Let's go to the castle uh, building in the background. What are your thoughts there? Um, well, a lot of times whenever I see a castle, we always talk about this, how whenever someone's outside of the castle or the castle walls, it looks like they are um, kind of out on their own, out away from the safety and protection of the larger group or of their you, know, you think about like as a child going out, maybe having a, a lemonade stand, but instead of having in his front yard, he's having it a couple blocks away in mm-hmm. a major, you know, where it's uh, a little more dangerous. So it's kind of like that. You're out there on your own for the first time trying things. That's what it reminds me of. But it's always, you know, it's it's like the fragility. Uh, it's the, um, you know, because maybe inside the castle walls, whatever they're building, it wouldn't flourish. Maybe, like I said, if they're, say, they're building a fruit stand or whatever. Maybe there's so many in there that they're just saying, hey, we, if we put ours outside and we have the prices a little lower, maybe we could do better business. You know, we, we have a better chance of maybe getting robbed, but we can do more business because, it, you know, whatever, whatever, for whatever reason. So that's kind of what it reminds me of. When I'm looking at it, I see that structure there, um, kind of like the structure and the engineering feet there. Um, but it, to be honest, the shape of it reminds me of, and, and maybe you, you've seen this like when you talked about um, story structure or like uh, movie structure and you know how there's like the rising action and then there's the climax, which I would say is right at the peak, the tip top of this tower right in the center. And you have the falling action and conclusion on the right hand side. It's like it's laying out this whole story of like things will be built up and then there's going to be that conclusion, which is kind of like that happily ever after type of thing. Nice. Yeah, I like Again, that. Again, what am I turning into here? Um, yeah, so what's going on? I know, I know. Um, but I'm going to say maybe then it's like the uh, ability to look at um, the the work that you've put in and know that you're doing like this upward battle of trying to um, work hard, work hard, work hard, and knowing that it will pay off eventually in the end, which all hard work eventually does pay off. Um, I feel like that's kind of lost on a lot of people. Uh, maybe they've never really worked hard before, but it will eventually pay off in some way, shape, or form. Um, you know what else I wanted to add? I just noticed about this. If from the perspective we're seeing this, the wands are taller than the castle, and in real life we know that castle is way taller than these wands. So I think mm-hmm. that that also goes to show you that some people might value security over freedom really because now they have the freedom to do what they want say inside the castle whatever they wanted to do they had to pay a tax like i said you know there's like a a local mafia protection racket running you know if you don't give us the money we're gonna knock it over um so you need that element but out here it's a little 
it's a little different. It's free. You're away from whatever it is, the government or the control system. So you're out there free. Now, again, like I said, it's more dangerous, though, because now bandits come along. But, um, you know, it's all about weighing options. So for this person, it makes more sense to be outside of those walls, obviously, because what they built is bigger in their mind. And I, I love what you just said, because it almost then can go into like this disillusionment with the idea of like materialism, because the wands look so natural. And then you look at that castle and it looks so man-made. There's mm-hmm. no natural features really to it. Maybe it's natural materials. And maybe these people that you see in between these two the two sets of two wands that look like they're exulting have come to that realization. Like these material things don't matter. Yeah. They have their back to it too. Mm-hmm. So before we get to them, let's look at the people on the bottom left-hand side of the card. Did you have any thoughts on them? Uh, they look like they're just loitering, you know, <laughs> really? I feel like they look like they're in a fight. Oh, yeah? No, I was just kind of being funny. Um, It looks like maybe, yeah, or one even could be writing on the wall or something. I can't really tell. I never honestly really focused on them before. I feel like there's that... The the people that I see, so I see, I think, three of them. No, maybe four, four of them. And it looks like there's, like, this unrest there and, and this, like, quarrel that's happening And maybe it's because they're located then going back to what I was saying before about that idea of um, leaving behind the materialism, maybe because they're closer to that, they're still swept up in that idea and that way of the world. Because the one on the the right hand side that has like the green shirt that's in between that um, between the two wands, it almost looks like he's accusing the one in um, right on the right left hand side of that far left wand of something like pointing at him. It looks like they could be getting into a fist fight. And it just looks like this, this squabble that is, that I feel like people a lot of times fall into these fights and arguments that have nothing to do really with like progressing in the world as a human being. It's just like fighting for the sake of fighting. Even though it's called progressivism. Uh, sorry. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. And now that you said that, because they they're pretty oblivious to the other two characters that are holding up these flowers and they're celebrating. Maybe it's the new way. Maybe they found the new way and they want to get away from what's going on in the castle. And mm-hmm. these people, like you said, they don't care. So both of them are kind of um, ignoring each other or just kind of, you know, oblivious to each other's presence, I guess you could say. Yeah, that's cool. I never noticed that. Now let's look at this little archway thing here on the right hand side, kind of almost in the middle of the card. Did you have any thoughts on that? Um. Oh, like in the castle? In front of it? Do you yeah. see it like in front? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it kind of looks like it could be maybe um, a way into the castle. And it I don't know if... It looks like there should be three doors, but one of them's blocked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. What did you think? So looking at this, I was saying that I, I feel like this... Um, you know, we've talked about the arch being one of the strongest shapes. But I like that there's almost like um, this, that half circle aspect of kind of like the cyclical nature of things. So, you know, that what must go, what goes up must come down type of thing. But also, like, if something's down, like, eventually it will rise up. Um, 
And I love that you said that you thought that there should be another archway because I totally agree with you on that. And I just looked at it as like the natural order of things, especially because there's so much like foliage around it. And again, that since it's closer to those two figures or it appears to me to be closer than those two figures, it's kind of like they accepted that. Yeah. Also, if you look at it as the entranceway to this castle, it's like being overgrown. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's something that and they're taking these flowers that maybe they took them from where it's growing in the, uh, the entrance and they're bringing them over to another place. So maybe they're even trying to spread what's going on. So maybe what's going on in the castle is good and they're just trying to bring it to another area and expand it. You know, I mean, there's so many ways you can look at it. Right. And I love that you're still trying to maintain the positivity there. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Let's look at now the two figures in the center, the one in the blue and the one in the red. Why don't you go first with these? Cause I have an idea what I think they are. I want to hear what you have to say though. Um, so I, I feel, um, like I said before, I feel like this is very much a reflection of like the male and female. Um, and just because maybe that's the like romantic aspect that I have, um, looking at the card, but I feel like there's, uh, even the positioning of the arms, the one on the left with his arms up, both arms up, kind of like in like a V formation. And then the other one just kind of, even though there's one arm up, the other one is down. It kind of makes that upside down V for me looking at that with the other, um, the other figure. They look so complimentary. Um, and in my card, the way that I'm looking at it, one of them is wearing a blue, like, shawl. The other one's wearing a red shawl. The one wearing the red shawl is carrying yellow flowers. And it's almost like these um, primary colors are coming together, right, to then make all the other colors. And they're wearing these, like, tunics of white, which for me just sense, creates, like, a sense of, like, a clean slate or a purity of kind of this, like, acceptance and... Um, not being bogged down by all these other things. Like they're, they've washed all those things away and now they're able to just celebrate. I like that. I like the masculine and feminine thing because that's really, I think that's for me, that's really what they're going for. And one thing I noticed while you were talking was, and I, I noticed this when we were first looking at the cards too, where you're right. If the two, the lady, so she's holding up or the figure that's holding up her two arms, that's the feminine and the person that's holding up the one, that's the masculine because it's like the phallus. But who else does that? The magician in the number one card in the Major Arcana. Oh, uh-huh. And he's wearing red. And the high priestess is number two. And she's basically wearing the same thing what he's wearing. So, I mean, what this figure's wearing. So, for me, this is really uh, kind of there to represent that. And then also, if you look at the figure in red, what's right behind her is that large phallic yep. tower also. And it's, you know, it's actually pointing up into the fruit if you look at it. Um, So I look at it as one coming to two, two coming together to make three, because that's how the Trinity works. Basically, you have the masculine and the feminine. So the feminine is creative. It's and then the masculine is the will, the willpower. Mm -hmm. Think, you know, we always talk about like the right and left side of your brain, getting them to work in conjunction, getting your thoughts and emotions aligned to create the actions to do what you want to do in the world. So that's where you have the two. And then the three, if you look at the way the sticks are in the negative spaces, there's actually three different 
like I guess doorways you can walk through. You know, like two the right and the left are really skinny, and the one in the middle is like that's the path, that's the mm-hmm. that's the right way. So for me, that's the three, and then the four would just be the four wands. So it's all all contained right there. And then what to me what that is, three is that new life. And then when you get four, it just represents um, you actually taking that creation using it as a foundation to build something in the world. Like my book, I made it right now. I started with four chapters. It's just going to be, like I said, a short book. And I might expand upon that, but I, I did an outline of four chapters, and I just wrote in each what I wanted to cover. And then it was kind of like this is the uh, the foundation that I just build from there. Mm-hmm. And do you know now, looking at it, like when we were just, as you were explaining your thoughts behind the, the male and female aspect here, and the masculine and feminine you know, the, even the color of those shawls, that blue, I feel like is often associated with women because it's like very emotional. And then the red, I always think of it as something kind of more masculine because it's a little bit more like, I don't want to say dangerous, but more, and I don't even say powerful because I don't want to say it's more powerful than like the blue, but it just comes across as a little, like very strong and aggressive to me. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like the will, you know, like yeah. that fire. That's really what the fire is. It's you, you want to get stuff done. And I love that there's that nice balance between the two. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Let's look now at the four wands. What are your uh, thoughts? Um, well, I kind of gave away the other part with the negative space, but I also like how um, it's kind of like a ratio, you know? So the middle space is looks like it's equal to the two outer spaces. Mm-hmm. So from there and from our point of view, we can't really tell if they're straight in a line or if they're making some kind of like rhombus or something, you know, or maybe even a square. They could be mm-hmm. making a square. I mean, if you look at the bottom, they are kind of close to each other. So maybe they're not. But I like that about them. Um, and then I also like how it, it looks like it's start like it's it, it reminds me of like when you drive by and they're starting to build a house and you just see all the the two by fours up just to frame. Yep. This is kind of what that reminds me of. So it's like a frame of something, and then they just put a little little top on, nice little thing of fruit up there. Um, but yeah, like I said, it just like just like a foundation. Then you have the frame. It's like the skeleton of what's about to be built. It's like the bones. So they took these bones and laid them out, and now it's time to put the flesh on them. And I said this at the very beginning. At the top, it kind of almost looks like a reverse arch. But it also could look like it's pointing then down to this tower and these two figures right in the center. Because you've got the taller wands on the outside and then the shorter wands on the inside. And it's not super noticeable in terms of the way that it's done. It's not like super dramatic. It's just a little bit, but it kind of draws your eye down, especially then with the the, um, garland in between there. It just draws your eye down to those two figures. Yeah. And if the figure... In the blue, the way she's holding her arms up in a cup, that actually is echoed in the way that the archway is upside down. Mm-hmm. And the other figure that she, we already said this, but she's holding up one arm, and it that's kind of representing that big phallic uh, tower in the middle. So that's what they're just talking about. I mean, it's everywhere. It's life. It's the masculine and it's the feminine. It doesn't, like we always talk about, it doesn't have to do with guys and girls, and it's not about just sex and making babies. It has to do with all different kinds of concepts. This is just the concept of creation. That's why they talk about as above, so below, as within, so without. You know, if you want to do something in the world, and this is what a lot of people are taught, that we aren't taught in our government or private schools that we go to, maybe boarding schools and stuff they teach us to people. But if you want to get things done, 
you have that objective. You look at that objective like it's a child and you have the masculine and feminine aspects mm-hmm. that go into it. So if you want to make an actual human child, you need semen and you need an egg. You know, if you want to make a child that's a book, what do you need? You need these two forces to work together and to come together. And if you want that book to be good, you have to have the correct marriage. You know, if you want to have a child that is, uh, you know, if you have just two people who hook up at a bar and then they don't even know each other and they have a kid and then it grows up without one parent. Think about the difference between and obviously there's no judgments. I'm just saying think about the difference between that and then someone who's brought up in a loving home where, you know, there's adults that are raising them that know what they're doing. And um, it, it's just you're going to have a different out, a different outcome. So that's really what they're telling you and all this stuff. It's great. That's really what the Trinity is about. And like, again, it's like a pun. It's not just about that. There's a million other things it could be about. It's what it works out to be for you and in mm-hmm. your life. Um, you know, this is just one aspect of it. It's one side. And I feel like looking at it, there's such a balance between those two energies. Again, not necessarily saying like having to find, you know, the opposite sex for you. But it's a balance of those two energies. Because if you look at this garland that's tied to these outermost wands, it's so plentiful and bountiful and fruitful. You have all of these flowers and you have grapes and fruits and all these other things coming off of it. And then again, it draws your eyes down to the fact that these two figures not only have them in their hands, but also have them on their heads. And it just shows kind of, I feel like the success or maybe even just the, the calmness that can come when you have a balance between those two forces. Yeah, I like that. It's so true. Um, it goes back to the quote we were saying in the beginning of this whole episode. It, you know, when you're in the moment and you already realized it. So if you, it, it's about it, that's really what life is about. It's a lot of it. Like I said, one side of it, it's about acceptance. As soon as you can accept reality for reality, no matter what it was, you know, like I got into recently a couple years ago, I got into a car accident. I got rear ended. Nothing really that bad. But it was like I was driving home from a gig and I got hit. And I realized what had happened as it was still happening. And I just kind of accepted it instead of going, mm-hmm. fuck, and saying, shit, my car's all fucked up. I just was like, oh, I'm getting hit now. And I stopped. And I'm like, all right, well, I got into an accident. Instead of saying, fuck, I wish this didn't happen, all this stuff, get out, get all mad. You know, I just was, all right, what are we going to do from here? And it was, again, not I'm not judging anyone. I'm not trying to tell you I'm some master. But I've been on the other end of that where I've gotten into car accidents and gotten really pissed. And it just feels better this way. And, it, you know, it's... Being mad about it and being pissed didn't make it better, uh, you know, and there is a time and place for anger. But if you can accept it right away and, and if the anger doesn't help you in any way, then, you know, it's so much better to just accept it. Well, and, and, and again, not not in any way, shape or form, my kind of promoting drinking and driving. But they say that if you get into a car accident when you're drunk, you're less likely to get hurt because you're so relaxed because you don't have that moment of like, oh, I'm going to get into a car accident. Oh, shit. Like and you tense up. And when you tense up, that's when you have a tendency to really hurt yourself physically. Um, and again, obviously not always. But if you're relaxed, I know that um, I got into a car accident a few years ago and I knew it was happening and at the time I had just like just retired from swimming and so the the tenseness in my back and shoulders made me have a horrible case of whiplash because it just tensed everything up and then I couldn't relax it and I think kind of that just acceptance and knowing like this is what's going to happen but you know again it is what it is there's a kind of there's an ability then to just 
not be so damaged afterwards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, that's what it's about. This life is just about experiencing things and then realizing that you don't like that or, you know, you did something wrong and then you change it and then you make it better and you keep moving. And it's I feel it's really hard to do that in this society because we're not taught that as children. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they might tell us little platitudes like learn from your mistakes and stuff, but they don't they don't teach you how it's kind of like they just say drive a car on the right side of the road, but they don't. They don't sit down with you and tell you how to put it in park. You know what I mean? Like, and put it in drive and turn the key. They're like, just get in that car and drive it. You'll be fine. Stay on the right side of the road. You'll be good. And people are just, you know, they're in the back seat. Like, what the hell? You know, uh, trying to drive. Um, Mm -hmm. That's kind of like how I feel. And if you look at life that way, and I'm like I said, I'm just talking from my experience, too. If you look at life as that, as just a experience where you're trying to make yourself better, Um, it it becomes a game and then you can have fun with it, you know, and there's nothing telling you you can't, there's nothing telling you you have to take this life seriously. Let me tell you, I don't most times take this life seriously. And even when it comes to death, you know, like I've known people that died, it's not that I've laughed about it. I'm not saying it's like a joke, but you know, I've already accepted that I'm going to die. So when Mm -hmm. somebody dies, it's upsetting and it's sad, but I, I, I don't know. I kind of was like, all right, you know, um, that's kind of a weird little tangent, I guess, but uh, yeah, it really, it's just about, um, that acceptance. Of, yeah. The, that's the word that was popping on my brain. I should have just accepted or should just said it. Cause I was looking at this. Yeah. It's about the acceptance and it's, it's kind of like Dojo earth. This guy I've been listening to James true, uh, recently he's been saying that you can check him out on YouTube, James true, but he talks about earth as kind of like Dojo earth. Like we're here to learn different things and all the horrific stuff that's happening, not to condone it and not to say it's okay. But just to know that it needs to be happening like this world is perfect for what it's going on. And the only way to change it is to change yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't. That's another quote. The Tao I might use another time. It's basically like you can't change the world because it's already perfect. You know, there's no. <laughs> it's fucking great because what I think what they're really trying to say is like, if you do, you're going to go crazy, you know, and you're not you're going to make it worse. Exactly. Unless you, like I said, make yourself better because that's what you have control of if you look at what you have control in your life work to change those things and make those a little better one step at a time and that's how it happens and it's not glorious you know and there's often not big parties and celebrations or explosions or fireworks you know but it's just the little things and after a while you're just like shit this is a better way to live and then you realize you know i was working with a friend of mine recently and i've known him since like third grade and i used to have worse anger issues and we're working together and stuff is happening and he's getting like really pissed off about things. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, would I have gotten that mad? And I'm like, a few years ago, I might have. But now I'm not. I'm like, holy shit, that's crazy. And then mm-hmm. me just maintaining my composure and not even saying anything to him, not saying, oh, you think you should get that mad or is that just sitting there accepting it for how it is. He even said, well, maybe I shouldn't get that mad. And it wasn't even like he felt bad. It's just an idea that he had. It's kind of like he intuited it from my body language in the way that I dealt with it. And now he's conscious of it. And it wasn't me going, Oh, you should work on your anger because then there's guilt and then there's frustration and their animosity and all these things come up, you know, or like I am a contrarian. If somebody tells me to do something, I immediately don't want to do it. <laughs> so I kind of like stop and see now I do it now. I'm like, wait a minute, is this just cause I'm a contrarian or are they, you know, are these people idiots? What's going on? So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just stuff that's helped me in my life. 
And I think that kind of perspective and those stories can be very beneficial, especially for our listeners. If you're listening to this, clearly you're like, I want to try to change some things in my life. Yeah, and that, I think that's the way to do it. And anger, there's nothing wrong with it. There's righteous anger. That's why I didn't want to say anything bad about anger before. Anger lets you know. It's like a temperature gauge. If you're getting angry, it's kind of like if you have pressure building up, you know, or even we'll just use the we'll use temperature as a thing. If you're getting mad, that means the temperature is rising, and you got to find out why. What's causing your anger? You know, is there somebody hitting you in the face with a bat, and that's why you're getting mad? Mm-hmm. Then you should probably use that anger to stop them. You know. Or is it something that somebody said and then you could say to yourself, well, wait a minute, that's just a word. They don't know who I really am. You know, no matter who, even your mom doesn't really know who you really are. Nobody knows. So why even take it personally? They're just saying it because something might happen to them. And then you could just unravel it. And then you're like, ah, and then the anger just dissipates, you know? Yep. It's so much better because a lot. the other thing is you, some people just express it. And then other thing, a lot of people in this society do, and I'm guilty of this, you just push it down, you get mad and they're just like, whatever. And you just push it down. And then it gets to a point where it's like a pressure uh, relief valve goes off. You get to a certain spot and then you just lose your mind. Um, Yeah. So, like, again, no judgments. This is all stuff we've been through and we're just figuring it out. And now we're able to uh, enunciate it and put it onto a podcast for other people to benefit. Okay. So before we move on to how this card applies to different types of readings, do you have anything... um, Anything else to say about the way the card looks? Um, no, I think we're pretty good. I think we beat it up pretty good. All right, perfect. So let's say this card came up in like a general reading. What would you say? This card looks like, um, okay, so a lot of times we talk about the the tower or we talk about a 10 where it's like the end of something. It's a destruction, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and this is. And then we also talk about like a zero or a one and a one is like new life. This is more advanced along the stage. So if you think about a scale of one to 10, this is your 40% there. You know, you, you've already established your foundation. You have some fruit that's being yielded and you're having a celebration, but you still understand that this is temporary. We're in a temporary realm. Everything must, you know, every, that's the thing. There's nothing constant except for change. Everything goes away in this realm. So you also have to keep that in mind. And but the if you have that for like, you know, if you can accept that, there's two uh, benefits of that, because then if it goes away, you're like, all right, I'm already set for this. But also the second benefit is you're going to guard it more and you're going to pay attention to it more because you know how delicate it is. And it's not like you're coming from a place where you're trying to micromanage and run your run its life and trying to, you know, like being overbearing parent. And, you know, you got to wear a helmet. You got to, you know, mom, I'm like 18. But, yeah, you got to wear a helmet to walk down the street. You know, you're not it's not that. It's more of just a care. Like you can focus your attention on it when you have to. Um, So I would just say that to the person that was giving a reading, and if there's something in your life that you're starting, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a job, maybe it's a, a, you know, maybe you're building something. Let's take this literal. Maybe you're building a shed out in your backyard. It's the first time you did it. Well, you just put up the frame and you put up the roof. Now you just got to get the walls and the floor, you know? Mm-hmm. So. For me, looking at this, if it came up in a general reading, I'd say that there's like a, a sense of, of peace. Um, and not necessarily it needs to be like this huge celebration, but there can be a celebration in that peace. Like you've gotten to a point where you've 
overcome something, any of that hard work, or maybe it's a situation or something where it can be like, okay, it's behind me now and I can move forward. Kind of like, you know, um, in the moon card, we've talked about how there are those two like towers, right? And going through them. That's kind of what this card reminds me. Like you're going through this doorway here into a, a different realm or a different state of, of your life. Yeah, I like that because if you think about what the one, two, and the three represent, you know, you have the masculine and the feminine, then you create and you have that life. Mm-hmm. Um, the next step is if you go, it's this is kind of like that first step that you go through and you learn that things are never going to be the same. Like for a child, I wrote about this, it's like, you know, when a child realizes there's no such thing as Santa Claus, there ain't no going mm-hmm. back. Your life's different. It's sad. It's happy. You know, there's a lot of different emotions. But it is a door that you go through. So this is yep. a similar thing. So maybe it's the first real door that they uh, that you, they're going to go into um, the first major step, I guess, where where now it's never going to be the same. You know, no matter what, we can't go back now. And I'd say like I look at where it would come up in the reading, right? So if it was in like a past position, maybe you know you did just come out of this this kind of calm period of your life, and you're going to be going through something that's a little bit more hectic or turbulent but I feel like you can draw on that peaceful situation um and obviously everyone wants to see something like this in the future right you want to be like okay well at least then all the hard work is paid off or whatever but it's like that's that I feel like that's unrealistic to think that you might have this period of of peace but there's always going to be turbulent times if I think of like the Pax Romana right that said like this pinnacle of the Roman Empire where it's like there was this peaceful time but even Rome fell you know it didn't last forever yeah, exactly. All right, so let's say this came up in a love reading. What would you think? Um, well, this kind of reminds me like of a new relationship, but not. This is like the first milestone. Mm-hmm. Um, that you're building something together. So I mean, it's hard to, because our modern civilization, you know, the modern society, it's there's just everyone has a different step of what they do. So I'm trying to figure out, you know. Like years ago, this could have been the engagement, but now it's a different process, you know. So this mm-hmm. could be maybe moving in together or uh, maybe even getting together and deciding that you don't want to see other people. And it's just, you know, this is where you're like, listen, we're going to walk through this doorway where we're going to be a um, going steady. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We're going to be an exclusive relationship. And after that, it's not going to be the same no matter what happens. Even if we break up, we're going to be different people. So it's like crossing that threshold. If this came up in a love reading for me, you know, I always like looking at it as if I'm in a relationship versus as if I'm single. So if I'm single, I'd say it's this this time of celebration, that identification of of your true self, of who you really are. Um, And then that leads you into a position to kind of really find the best mate or the person for you because you're so confident and, and, and... and aware of what you want and who you are. Um, and I think there can be, there should be a celebration of that time of your life because I think it's so important. Um, and if I, if you're in a relationship, you're right, there's different stages and all of those should be celebrated. I think, um, I think that this could be, even when you're first getting together, there's that like honeymoon period of that. That's very, um, 
romanticized and it's like everything is a celebration everything just seems fun um and and I think that there's different stages like if you do get engaged if you do get married if you are going to have a baby if you do decide not to see other people and I think there can even be a celebration in saying like this isn't working out because I think that's an acknowledgement of like I want to move on with my life yeah that goes back to what we were saying about making mistakes and about dojo earth and It's like, listen, we weren't given all the tools to be adults in this world. Like, I really feel like I'm surrounded. And this isn't, like I said, this isn't like a place of judgment, you know. uh, But I feel like a lot of times I'm surrounded by full-grown children. And it has a lot to do with psychology and with the way people act. And it's really not anyone's fault per se. But once you figure it out, it is on you to then heal yourself and become a better member of society Mm -hmm. and try to get this word out. So if you were in a relationship uh, for whatever reason, and then it it didn't work out and the other person wants to go their own way, it is kind of like a celebration because it's the new you now and you've learned so much from that. And there's mistakes now. You went through that doorway. There's mistakes that you're never going to make again. Um, You know, there's some more that you might make again, but that's the part, you know, sometimes you have to make mistake after mistake till it hits you in the face. You know, sometimes you have to hit, rock bottom with something because rock bottom really is nothing more than just shifting your perspective on something. I wrote about this in the book too, where like a, a a drug addict, it's not like, you know, when they hit rock bottom, it's just, they all of a sudden see clearly what their actions are doing and they're face to face. and They're not lying to themselves anymore. They're like, Holy shit, this is what happened. You know, say like a, someone's like a heroin addict and their kid, gets hurt or almost dies or does die because of one of their actions. You know, it's like, holy fuck, it might be a time to wake up or whatever, but whatever it is. Um, but it, that's what it is. You just shift your perspective and you see things differently and there's no going back. It's just like, there's no more Santa Claus. Fuck. What am I going to do? You know, it's the same shift. So, um, but it's better to get there than not, you know, it's better to just move on to the next, um, as long as you're done with that part of your life and everything's done. And I'm not saying you should give up on things because sometimes there's relationships where people just give up, but, uh, you know, that's a whole nother subject. I think if the other person isn't willing to work with you and isn't on the same goal levels as you, no matter what you do, mm-hmm. you know, it's sometimes you have to go the other way, especially when, like in your case, you didn't, I mean, you didn't have children. So for you, it was, it's really tough once you get kids involved. And that's the thing people don't think about. And it's really about personal responsibility. And so many people will say, well, I feel so bad for someone because they're a single mom or all this stuff. But it's like, well, what are the what choices did they make? If they made those choices to be there, you could still help them. But you, if you just feel bad for them, especially if they continue to make the same choices, it doesn't help anybody. Sometimes you got to like, you know, be the opposite way. Sometimes you got to cut people off. You got to have an intervention. You got to, you know, there's things you need to do because those are the points where they, that might make them shift their aperture. Like if you have a friend and you're always helping them with shit and they just keep making mistakes. If one day you say, no, no more, I'm not going to give you any more money or whatever it is. You know, if someone keeps asking you for money or whatever it is, you draw the line and say, no, say they say, Hey, why don't you wear a mask every time you come in my store? And then you just draw the line one day. (laughs) Um, you know, that's, what's going to maybe, hopefully make that person see that oh shit you know my my, oh my god i can't believe you know whatever it is maybe not but that's now you're putting it on them you know you've done what you you have to do and i think there's sometimes this idea of you know if a relationship does end of like 
oh, why, you know, like being a single parent or it's like you feel bad for them. And it's like, no, what was the alternative? Sometimes that's the best situation that you can provide a, a pathway to success for that child because it was a toxic or not beneficial. Or you don't want to even see like, I mean, I can I can speak. Maybe this is out of turn, but it's like, do you want to be around two people like be growing up with two people who are your parents who have utter disdain for each other? What is that going to make you think of that type of relationship? Or, you know what I mean? Like, I would rather see the the person who's raising me, who's kind of guiding me through life as a child, be happy and strong enough to know, like, this isn't going to make me happy, so I need to move on. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's tough, too, because it's not always about... uh, Because when you talk about happiness, right? So some people... Yes, your happiness is important and you must be happy. But then sometimes, obviously, life is going to be a struggle. So for right. everybody, it's individual. It's not like you could just say, oh, you shouldn't have broke up with that person. Or, oh, you shouldn't. Because, again, if you're two people who say one person wakes up to a different point of view in life and starts to heal themselves and the other person wants nothing to do with it, it's like, what do we, you know, what do we do from here? That's that's really. But happiness could just be in the t- sense of like having respect yeah, and yeah, being for sure. respected and, and, and I don't necessarily mean like, you know, happy smiles and all that kind of stuff. I just mean like in a sense of, of setting yourself up to have the most kind of positive lifestyle for you to continue on your life path. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. I mean, you have the right to happiness. You have the right to to do it. What what I mean is like, I just want Brandon, are be... you saying I have the right to life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness? <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, the funny thing about that, too, I'm glad you said that, because like just because it's written down doesn't make it true. And even if it wasn't written down, doesn't mean it's not true. You know what I mean? Like these are just things like this, like rights and all this stuff. This is all subjective. It's all well, it's all about like your personal experience and it's all up to you. So that's why. I don't know. It's it's crazy. We start talking about rights and stuff, but um, yeah, I, I I think that one does have the right, especially if they're healing themselves. The other person, if they're like the crab in the bucket and they just keep pulling that person down, you know, sometimes you could be the positive influence and help them out. But like I said, every situation's different. So that goes again to when people, you know, that doubt, the others saying from the Tao, where it's like you can't change the world. The only reason you're even saying this stuff is because. Or anyone would. It's because a lot of outside forces, there's voices from the outside that are doubting or saying these things or why didn't you do it this way? Whereas mm-hmm. if they were busy working on themselves, they could be more of a rock for you because then you could tell them the story and they could be present with it and then they could just absorb it. And then, they don't, you know, it's just a much different. It's kind of like when you talk to me and I'm just like, all right, like no matter what you say, you could call me like Brandon, I killed someone, I murdered, him, you know. <laughs> I, I couldn't help it. I was at a store and somebody wouldn't shut up. No. And I'd just be like, yeah, sounds about right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, it, it's just a whole different vibe. Um, and that's really what it comes down to. So again, you can't tell somebody else not to be judgmental and judge you or give you advice. What you can do is just do that in your own life, not judge people, you know? All right. So um, let's say yeah. now this card comes up in a career reading. What would you say? Uh, this came up in a career reading. It, it's, I guess I could pretty much keep it brief because I've been elaborating so much on the other ones, but it's like the same thing, really. If No matter what you're doing in your career, if you're on your path, this has a lot really more to do with your path, too, because it's like that doorway in the middle. 
So if you want to go through that path, um, sometimes you got to make it. it. Like, it'll be there, but sometimes you have to build things along the way and have little uh, celebrations. You know, they've literally built this doorway. Now they can walk through it. You know, that's what's happening. We're, um, we're on the other side of it, watching them about to come through like a limbo line. You know, like... Yep. So... That's what I tell I tell people like if if you want to do this you got to get out there and get outside those castle walls and be uncomfortable, but if you're doing it right if you're aligning your thoughts and emotions to create action, um, you know you get you're gonna have your best chance and I'm not gonna tell you you're always gonna be successful but at least at the end of the day, even if you did it say you opened a business and you utterly failed well then you're like well now I know that's not what I want to do now you don't have to wonder your whole life or or be uh miserable or you know like think about people who have like kids and they they were like played football like someone plays football and they were like okay and then they have a kid and they're like no you got to be the best football player ever you know it's like Mm -hmm. that so oh i feel that one um all right i i would agree with you this came up in a career reading i would but i also say that could be a celebration um God help me. I don't know what the what the fuck is wrong with me. I feel like I'm trying to be like super positive and 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 on the regs like with the people I work with. I'm like always like, "Whoa, is me such an Eeyore." Anyway, um, No, you know what it you know what it is? I think it's because you're just acting in a negative way to everything that's going on or you're acting in an opposite way to everything that's going on around you. You're just taking that energy of everyone's just like in despair and you're like, "What are you fucking idiots?" and you're just like looking on the bright side. You know what I mean? Because I, I feel mm-hmm. that you're kind of like me in that sense where you see how a majority of uh, society is wrong about things. So you automatically just instinctively go the other way <laughs> whenever something comes up. Like when they started to tell us to wash our hands every five minutes, I stopped washing my hands. You know, like I'm like, there's got to be I just, you know, like no matter what they say. I had never started washing my hands. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like, yeah, exactly. I just put them in my butt. Uh, but no, it's, so it's kind of like that, you know, where you just, so I think that's what it is naturally. You're like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to do this, especially because you're a positive person anyway. So now you get a chance to do it in a righteous way or you're just like, good. Because there are so many things to be positive about, you know, like people are even, even as terrible as it is, even with all these, you know, you think you're going to be controlled by vaccines and you think that, you know, uh, I'm trying to think these worst case scenarios that they're going to like have these camps and haul people away, whatever. Uh, track you everywhere you go on your phone, which they already do. Whatever your worst case scenario is, A, it didn't happen yet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like that tiger at the bottom of the, or at the top of the, um, that's the future. It's the tiger that's going to kill you. You're going to die anyway. Who cares if it's a, a, a concentration camp or you starve to death or whatever it is, if it's not here now. So get out there. And you know what? You can actually make it not happen with your actions. You could take your actions, ignore everything, and go do something else. And by doing that, you're already making it not happen because <laughs> you're manifesting a future where it doesn't happen to one more person, you know. And if people see that positive experience, then they can start to do it. This is how change, this is how righteous change happens in the world. You know, all the change, a lot of change we see, especially these days, it's like that fake, phony plastic. It's planted like a lot of these, you know, a lot of these uh, quote unquote um marches or uh what are they demonstrations or protesting that's what i'm talking about you know mm-hmm. some of these people are and then it turns into rioting you know you see these videos where there's like pallets of bricks left places there's guys like in combat boots that look like they're in military kind of stuff like going around starting fires you know so it's that's how things are spread uh in a in an artificial manner 
if you want real lasting positive change, you got to do it with not through fear. You know, you got to let people do it on their own. I a great example. I take my cats out in the backyard all the time and I hang out and I have to be out there with them because I'm on a main road and they're just not used to being outside. It's so funny. They're such indoor cats. <laughs> they remind me of like if you took people from like Beverly Hills and put them in like, you know, the hood somewhere. I don't know. They're just like, what do we do? But they're just like going around like saying hi to skunks and uh, <laughs> it's so funny. So I'm out there with them. But at, at some certain point, they'll get scared and they just run back in the house by themselves. And it's so much better than me picking them up and taking them back in because then they want to go back outside. But if they run in by themselves, it's a choice that they made, you know, mm -hmm. and it's that same thing. Um, if you really want change in the world, change yourself, be that be that guide to the world, be that um, example. That's the word I'm looking for. And then yep. people will start to uh, use that example. Yeah. So anyway. All right. Any final thoughts on this card before we move on? No, I think we're good. <laughs> cool. So for the next part of the podcast, we look at the same card, but in a different deck and talk about our thoughts on that. So for this part, uh, Brandon gives the description and then we just kind of give our reactions. All right, I'll be brief with this one. It's pretty simple. It's the Eight of Wands in the Alistair Crowley Thoth deck. It's the Four of Wands. I'm sorry, the Four of Wands. Why did I say eight? eight? Oh, I said eight because it looks like there's eight. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's the Four of Wands. Thank you, Ashley. Uh, it has, uh, at the top of the um, symbol, you get the, or I'm sorry, at the top of the card, you have the female symbol uh, with the circle and the cross under it. And then below it, there are four wands that are arranged in such a way. So they look like a pizza, <laughs> mm -hmm. like around, like if you took a circle and then split out eight wands, it's like you cut a pizza. I'm sorry, four wands. It's like cutting a pizza to, to give you eight pieces. And then there, what looks to be like a sun in the middle of that. And mm -hmm. then under that, we have the V symbol, which is Aries, right? For the Ram. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on on each of the wands, they're all red, and on each of them, there's either a ram or a dove at the end of it. And um, if you look in the center where all the wands meet, there's a nice eight-pointed star in there, too. Uh, and the background is green, and the circle is yellow. And if you want to check it out, go to our Instagram at terrible. Yeah, I can't even talk. Terrible2, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L, -L, the number two on Instagram. What do you think about this card? Besides I feel people. like it's it's such a balance of the um, masculine and feminine. Um, so you see there's like the feminine symbol up at the top, and I'm going to equate that to the, the doves here. And then you have the airy symbol at the bottom, which is obviously the ram head. And the way that they're positioned in here, it's, it's not necessarily always ram, dove, ram, dove. I like that they kind of mix it up. Um, in the way that you see them going around the circle. And I think that that sometimes shows us, even though it's not necessarily in a pattern in this order, there still is that balance. There's four doves, there's four rams, right? And I love that there's that fire behind it because I feel like the combination here of like that peacefulness and the calmness of the dove, but the fieriness of the ram can bring about a lot of really positive things. Um, you can be really, really motivated, but not necessarily be aggressive about it. And it, it will bring about the success of maybe like, you know, ordering a pizza. I don't know. That is going to make me want a pizza later, though. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, yeah, no, I like that because also you get the um, you get the air with the mm -hmm. dove and you also get the earth 
with the ram and there's the fire that's right there too so everything's pretty i mean they don't they don't really talk about water but there's the feminine there you know there's there's a lot of different um ways to look at that and then also the way it, it also could look like you're looking down on a fire yep and like the the wands are actually on fire and they're putting them all together so if you think about it that way it's the way you build a fire the way you arrange the logs or the sticks to build a good fire there's a certain way mm-hmm. so it, it just has uh, for me it reminds me of that um and then I'm just saying now looking at it like like that way, you can see it from like the combination of that. You do have that bringing about. See, the background is all green like that, that earth, or the, like the, the fruitfulness of like the plants and and kind of that growth and fertility of the earth. With the green background. Yeah. Um, and the, the other way we could relate it to the four of wands in the rider weight is kind of how this is also it's that foundation that we see, but it's more of it coming together on the, like an ethereal plane. And, you know, you get the four wands in proper alignment to create that spark of that fire. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're building it and it's that first step because fire is really important step of alchemy because it kind of, it's the rubido process. It's like when you're, you burn off the impurities so that's what's going on, you know, and, that, and that's really a lot of the first step. Like you have to get everything in alignment to know what you're doing. That's like the one, two and the three. And then when you put them together, that's when you have the purity and you're burning it off. Kind of like going through a doorway, same similar concept. You're going through a door cocoon with a butterfly, you know, like mm-hmm. you're in that cocoon stage where you're never going to be the same. And the fire is the same way because it's going to release stuff, you know, like a fire will release. If you burn wood, it releases all the particles and it leaves behind the carbon. It's an actual chemical or alchemical process. So I think that's kind of what they're they're giving you the shout out to. And then the circle I love because it's just infinity. Circle, there's no end, no beginning. So it's just telling you that this is a process that's ongoing. Ongoing, but also could be completed because it's a complete circle there. So maybe you've gone full circle, mm-hmm. you know, and finished whatever, building your fire, Um Again, tying it back into the four of the rider weight, like you've you've gotten to that point where you can have that moment of of peace and calm and celebration. You know, you started the fire. It's working. What did you think about the fact that each wand has a dove and a ram at each end of it? I loved that balance there. I loved how it was, you know, just thinking about if I'm saying they're um, uh, uh masculine and feminine that there is no one that has both you kind of need both mm-hmm. yeah i like that that's cool and they can also be looked at as not even like a physical wand but more of like an energy wand you know mm-hmm. you can look at it as that's actually energy coming out from one to the other so it's like the dove is shooting out to the ram and they're coming together and where do they come together right in the middle of that fire so if each one of them is like a laser shooting into the middle of that fire that's also what's causing it too i mean there's so many ways you can look at it exactly exactly um i feel like i could look at this and just have different views at at different points in the day yeah yeah it's true it's like a sundial Mm -hmm. exactly oh which is what one of my camps is doing today perfect all right i feel like we've wrapped that one up um I don't think we're going to have time for anything else today. I feel like we've talked a lot. Yeah, which is good. Good. I um, think it was a really good episode, I, I so, feel. So next time, we'll talk about the five of wands and mm-hmm. 
um, you know, and we'll keep it open. We'll see. We'll see what we can get to. You know, I'm always very aggressive, I feel like, and planning things out. And then I'm like, oh, we didn't have time for that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's cool that we talk about the current events, too, just because they always are changing so much every time mm-hmm. we talk. It's like one thing. And, and then also the fact that we've or that, you know, I've been pretty much right about most of the stuff that's happening that I told you about. And then, you know, so it's <laughs> like we might as well at least keep this on for people who are listening, because um, why not? I'm sure in this, especially in these times, people uh, it's always good to look at a different view, a different point of view. So just think of it that way. I try to tell people, you know, that guy, James True, also he has this whole concept of aperture where everybody has a different aperture. They see the world in a different way because of what you went through. So some people believe the news and think it's real and they believe the government. Some people don't. And it's always good to look at all the perspectives. And I tell people that's what I do. I look at all of them and I pick the one that makes the most sense to me. You know, so um, if that's what you're doing, that's fine. But if it's not what you're doing, then you're lying to yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Open up. Open up your eyes. Time to smell the coffee. All right. Yes, I'm going to go get up and some coffee, coffee before I start my camp day. Awesome. All right. Well, it was great talking to you. And everybody, if you want to get more, you can go to Terrible2, T-A-R-O-T-B-O-L-L.com. I mean, you can go to Terrible.com, Terrible2 on Instagram, Terrible.com for more. And then also ComedyLOL.com to support us financially. There's a few different ways, PayPal and uh, Patreon and all that stuff. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for listening. And until next time. Stay terrible. Now look. Comedy LOL Podcast Network.